Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the full 40. It's Chris and Rob, brought to you by Colin Gillespie. Yes, Colin Gillespie was off the chain today, ladies and gentlemen. It is Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, February 3rd. We don't like the Patriots. Nobody likes the Patriots. Yeah. And if you like that blaring in your ear music, there's more coming at you later. Yeah. Just kidding, probably not. No, we're not. But in all seriousness, Colin Gillespie was in fuego today. As the kids say. Yes. <laughs> so no I'm one told. says that anymore. Nobody says that. People said that on Sports Center in the nineties. <laughs> He's so old. Yeah. So shouts to Dan Patrick. Yo. Thank you. Um, but in all seriousness, he was absolutely fantastic, and we have a debate coming. But first, we got to do a little bit of game recap. Here. Yeah. Colin was on fire, obviously. Um, Jermaine Samuels. Jermaine Windex Samuels. Your nicknames are terrible. I don't care. They Jermaine Windex Samuels. Terrible. Because he cleans up the glass. That is, ladies and gentlemen, freaking atrocious. Jermaine was on fire in terms of rebounding the ball today. Jermaine still doesn't shoot the ball really, and I he, guess that's okay. Uh, no, it's not okay, as we've <laughs> discussed. It is definitely not okay. No, it's not. But he was awesome on the boards. Eric Pascal with another alpha dog. Man game. Uh, yes. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll announce our man play of the week and our alpha dog announcement. Arf, arf. Arf, arf. It went <laughs> over very well. So we're yeah. making the alpha dog, <laughs> the alpha dog of the week, a regular segment. <laughs> the bad boy mowers alpha <laughs> dog. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we noticed, so, so Chris and I went, we did go down to the game with, um, with my wife, who still has yet to listen to the podcast. And, and a great friend of the pod. A great friend of the pod, Rob, as well. Yes, um, another so, Rob, separate Rob. Separate Rob, yes. I didn't just speak about myself in the third person. <laughs> Rob went down to Villanova today. Uh, we did go down there, and we did notice while we were down there that the Bad Boy Mowers is one of the sponsors of That's right. of the game. That's right. And their, their logo happened to be a dog, so we figured, why not make it the Bad Boy Mowers Alpha Dog Man of the week. I like it. Uh, you know they're not paying us though, so fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. It's just the it's just the alpha dog play of the week. Don't, arf, don't arf. mow your lawn with bad boys. <laughs> That's right. Arf arf. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll come back to that. We're, we're <laughs> off. Even... Where are we going? Where are we going? <laughs> Where we're going here? All right. Um, Should we talk about the game? Let's talk about the week. Two and zero. Two and zero. Hot take from me. Yeah. On Ken Palm, DePaul, and Georgetown are the worst teams in the Big East. <laughs> I don't think they're as bad as they were last year. I don't think they might end not end up being the worst teams in the Big East. I don't know. I thought we played pretty crappy in both games. Just being honest. I mean, the Georgetown game was terrible. Oh my god, it was horrible. It was for a game to go down and watch. Like it's always fun to go down to the Wells Fargo Center, but it's a miserable game to be at. Mm-hmm. That first half, I was just like, "Good god!" Like we paid for these tickets. We paid. We paid face value for the tickets, which was great. Yeah, we saw it in a club box. It, yeah. Awesome. Can't complain much about that. Right. But the actual game was miserable. Oh. 
It was terrible to be at. I mean, Georgetown's strategy was clearly muck it up and make it ugly, except it blew up in their face <laughs> because Jesse Govan, like, fouled out with, like, all of, like, five minutes of gameplay. <laughs> yeah, that was unreal. That was like a, was like a Javon Quinterly style. Total line. mismanagement. <laughs> Colin got him his third foul, which really kind of... In grew. the first in nine minutes into the game, he I got know. his third foul. I know. It's it phenomenal. Was crazy. Colin made a great play to, to... He saw that coming and ran right into him and caused the foul call. It was terrific. But, yeah, but yeah. So, I mean, look. It's a 2-0 and week. We're now up to 18-4, and which is crazy. Ten Ripped off 10 in a row. That's um, really nuts. Yeah, we went undefeated in January. Uh, so, I mean, look. Now we're kind of now into February. We got past the home game. With Georgetown, we got Creighton coming up this weekend. It is Marquette Week, so we're at Marquette. Yeah, we're going to talk about Marquette Week yeah, in at, a little bit. In the second half of the yeah, podcast. Yeah. yeah, we'll get there. Um, it's it's arguably, like, this coming up is, like, probably our biggest week of the Big East season, I think, so far. Not because of the Creighton game. It's purely just because Marquette's the only other seemingly capable Absolutely. team. Absolutely. Top 10 team. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get yeah, to it. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's an important week coming up, but... If we can get to 10-0 in conference by beating Creighton on Wednesday, yeah. then that really sets us up for the rest of the conference. For sure. For sure. So, look, DePaul and Georgetown were really the only bad potential – DePaul away and Georgetown at home were the only potential bad losses left on the schedule. So we took care of business. As I said, I thought we looked pretty crappy yeah. in both games. I didn't think we looked sharp, but – those teams, they play you. They want you to get ugly. They want you to play ugly. So there's some you get some credit for winning the games and, and, and getting away from those teams like you're supposed to and taking care of business. Hey, should, should we just get to the good stuff? Should we talk about our Alpha Dog of the Week? Uh, I think so. Our Alpha Dog of the Week is... Colin Gillespie. Yeah. We've added the Alpha Dog. We talked about two Alpha Dogs last week. It was Phil. It was Eric. Obviously, this week, it's Colin St. Albert's the Great alum, <laughs> Colin Gillespie. Shout out to all our St. Albert's the Great fans out there. Yes, that's right. But Bob's anyway. wife, Nicole, who still hasn't listened to the podcast. Yeah. And Colin Gillespie went to the same elementary school. Fun fact. They did not know each other, though. No, because yeah. they weren't. Colin's way younger. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Yeah. Look, Colin had, he was a little quiet in the DePaul game. We'll get to that. But the man put a career high, 30 points team on his back today it was sexy he yeah. was just absolutely knocking it down doing whatever it took so i think what we have to have a like a legitimate conversation about colin gillespie and where he fits in so far like where his villanova career fits in so far he's a, he's now a full year and a half in. he is like fully into being a villanova player he is a starter on a top 15 unit. I think he's probably the greatest of all time. Let's just cut yeah. to the chase. Go. Done. Go. Good. We honor Next. Jalen Brunson just Next. so we can... All right. We're yeah. going to the Shaq Fit Man of the Week. All right. Right. Done. No. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, Colin Gillespie was a obviously a role player, bench role player on a national championship team, but was a nice reserve last year. Struggled defensively. Struggled kind of athletically keeping up with the, with the pace of... Like high major Division One play, but when called upon, he, did, rang, he, did he rang the bell. It was a forty percent three point shooter, which we're coming back to. Yeah, um, and and was very serviceable in his role. Oh yeah, and and let's let's not 
let's not downplay what he did. He hit some big shots for sure. Oh yeah, like he hit big shots in big games too. The iconic "Give me three, youngin." Yes. If you haven't seen it, go back. Was it the Kansas game? It was a Kansas game. Kansas game. Pascal dumps it out from the post. And you can literally hear on the video feed, he yells to Colin, give me three, youngin. And, and what does Colin do? He gave him three. He gave him three. Boom. Buries it. Buries it. Dude is like, all right, look, he was, call it what it is, he was like a two-star recruit until like... He wasn't like, getting sniffs for like Division Two teams. Nothing, nothing. But, but that's in the past. It's in the past. He is where he is, and the expectations he's are a, set. He's a starting point guard yeah. on Villanova, a top 15 defending national champion. Okay, so so what does that all mean? Because, like, I think at the start of the season, people would have said, yeah, but Colin is, you know, limited, and he's not that is, – is he that good? And we blah, blah, we blah. said that. Yeah, we, Nicole, we, questioned, we, said we questioned it. it. Yeah. We questioned it. Well, here's what we know so far. To date, and this is actually not including the 30-point yeah. eruption today, so if you add that to it, Colin Gillespie's stat line is better – then Ryan Archie Diakonos stat line his sophomore year. And why am I comparing Colin Gillespie That's to Ryan question. Archie Diakono? Because they're white. Absolutely. Yeah. As I, most sports comparisons go, yeah. it's based on race and height. Yes. And once you've checked those two boxes, yeah. you can make a comparison. And, and from the same area. A 6'3 point guard from like the general Philadelphia area. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. White guy. Cool. <laughs> Definitely Fun. compare. For yeah. sure. I'm going to make the comparison. So we're going to do it. Sorry. Did it, did I'm it. not sorry, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sorry. But, but like... Colin Gillespie is a career greater than 40% three-point shooter. And usually three-point shooting percentages improve over the time of being a college basketball player. So, assuming, rightfully, probably rightfully so, that Colin will be here all four years. (laughs) Yes. I don't think he's he's going to the draft this year. That will be a hot take. If you want to make that take, that's going to be pretty hot. I'm not making that take. I'm not going that far. I'm going to stop short of that. But assuming he's going to be here four years... Colin Gillespie has a legitimate shot to be the greatest three-point shooter in Villanova basketball history. Which you may say, that's ridiculous. But it is not ridiculous. It's actually not ridiculous. No. We looked it up, and like this was kind of nuts to see. Because you think about some of the great three-point shooters, right? You think about Janky Jank. You, you think, think about Alan Ray. Alan Ray. Um, I don't even know who else you think about. Uh, Bridges. Bridges, Bridges is really good. good. Josh Hart had good three-point shooting percentage. There's a lot of good three-point shooters in Villanova basketball history. Sure. Okay. All of them. Colin Gillespie has a chance to, as a percentage-wise, eclipse all of them. Yeah. Because his percentage has been so high and his utilization rate, even though last year he was less utilized than most of the team, it was still high. He still shot a a a good amount of shots from three-point land and converted a lot of those shots. Yeah. So like we said, he's shooting over 40%. Jenkins did not shoot over 40% his junior year. So in 2016, when he ended on the hot streak, obviously the second half of the year was much better than the first. But like, net, he shot less than 40% for the year. Right. So like, Colin's basically already there. The utilization is pretty high for Colin. He's taking a lot more difficult shots this year than he is than he was last year. Last year was benefit of the offense, right? Well, yeah, benefit of the offense. He was wide open every time he shot the ball. And absolutely, absolutely. 
But, I mean, so just put it in context, right? Some of the other guys we're talking about here, Bridges, I think we said, what, shot like 43% but last Bridges year. Bridges at 44% last year. 44. Yeah. Good God. That's yeah, crazy. No. And, like, Omari was at, like, 44%. DiVincenzo was at 40%. Brunson was at 40%. The whole team was at, like, 40% yeah. last year. But last year's team was stupid. An anomaly, yeah. Ridiculous. Crazy. The year before, those percentages all went down. Yeah. Like it was like they were they all benefited from all of them shooting well last year. For sure. Okay. But Colin Gillespie is legitimately one of the best three point shooters that we've ever had at Villanova. Yeah. So far in this point in his career. A year and a half in. Again, all in the context of a year and a half in. Yeah. All right. Mikhail was here four years, Brunson here three, Hart was here four years, Jenkins was here four years, Alan Ray was here four years, Scotty Reynolds, um, Stokes. All those guys who are good three-point shooters were here several years. Yep. And to this point, Collins right there with him. And stat line-wise, as I mentioned before, Collins' stats so far in his sophomore year are better than Ryan Archie Diakono's sophomore campaign. And you might be saying to yourself, yeah, but Archie Diakono had to bear a bigger load. Actually untrue. Collins actually averaging one more minute than Archie Diakono did in, soph- in his sophomore year. And to boot, yes, they have. Yes, Colin has Phil and Eric who shoulder a who have a very big load. But Archie Diacono that year played with Hilliard, Hilliard, JVP, JVP, James Bell, John James Bell, Taj Bell, yeah, yeah, and, and Ochefu was on the team too, and like the whole nine. So his sophomore year, he had like. A lot of people playing with him. Yeah. So it wasn't like Archie. I, Archie Yacono was a captain, and like yeah, they, he was relied upon for a lot. Absolutely. But but no. At the, at the end of the day, as you look at the stats, Arch averaged like ten points a game his sophomore year. You've got Gillespie at eleven points a game. Not this including year. the thirty. Not point. including the thirty point game. Gillespie's actually shooting a higher percentage. He's shooting a higher percentage from three. Assisted turnovers like a little bit worse, but net net. He's playing really well. Yeah. So don't downplay it. We, you and I have definitely both been guilty of this. Gillespie's actually playing very well on the season. I think the story of this whole team is it took a little bit for everything to start to get going, but it's really gotten going. And yeah, Gillespie's proving he can do it. And looking ahead for, for what he could possibly be, we talked about it, I think, last podcast, a year, two years from now, we're going to get back to that same set of a ton of weapons around the team that he's going to benefit from. Right. For sure. So like it's going to be it's going to be pretty cool to see how he progresses. He could be like you said one of the best three-point shooters that we have of all time in Villanova history. Yeah. Kind of crazy to think about. It's a guy who was like a last minute pickup, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Last that's pick. my point is that I, I I think that we think of Gillespie as this like nice to have thing that's like oh it's been it's been great, and he's actually stepping up. But, like, you know, he, he is what he is and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, like, no, actually, we need to start thinking of Colin Gillespie. I mean, it's obvious that on this team he's top three. I don't think anyone's no, arguing no, no. Nobody with that, that point. Yeah. But, like, we have to start thinking of Colin Gillespie as, like, okay, where does he actually fit in so he's far? He's probably top four. He's a little behind Cremo, I think. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Another, another egg laid by Cremo oh, today. God. But, yeah. No, seriously. I mean, lots of Colin has played amazingly. He's been terrific, um, and so yeah, I think for alpha all those dog, reasons, alpha dog of the week. He's our alpha arf, dog arf. of the week. Arf, arf, Colin Gillespie, <laughs> get some, get some, go get some. And, and I think we just go right from there to the Shaq Fit Man Play of the Absolutely. Week. Absolutely. Also not sponsored. 
<laughs> by John Shackleton. Definitely not. But I don't sponsored. care if he doesn't pay us. We haven't gotten the season desist yet, Arlette, so we're keeping with it. Yes. I don't care if he doesn't pay us. We like him. He's the man. He's one of the big reasons why, I firmly believe this one of the big reasons why this whole program turned the corner mm-hmm. um, back several years ago. Absolutely. Which totally on board. Y- you may have heard. Like, actually, not, like, in all seriousness, like, not kidding at all. Yeah, the no, work not he does is, like, absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah, no, he's absolutely terrific. Yes. Yeah. If you don't follow him on the Instagram, definitely follow him on the Instagram. Yes. Our guys continuously look more physically and mentally capable than a lot of the teams in the conference. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, so, the Shaq Fit Man Play of the Week, I give two shout outs because two blocks. By Jermaine Windex Samuels. That's terrible. Like, you really need to stop. I'm not doing it. I'm not stopping. Jermaine Jermaine Windex Samuels. Like, my wife makes fun of me for dad jokes. That's just absolutely atrocious. I don't care. That's pitiful. That's not even a good dad joke. I don't care. It's just horrible. I don't care. Your kids are going to think of you as a poor father. Jermaine Samuels. Poor father. Chris Lines lines up the Georgetown guy. I don't even know who it was. (laughs) It doesn't even matter. Lines him up. No, no, wait, wait, wait. We got to set this up, right? So there's a turnover. It is a critical play in the game because yes. the game is like a one possession game. Absolutely. And it's like you see it you see it starting to take place at half court. Jermaine is eyeing this guy up. He's angling his run. You see him, he's kind of like stutter stepping, shuffling his feet a little bit. You know he is teeing up the block. And it's one of those things you're like Oh man, if this works out, this is gonna be pretty great. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't, like he's picking up, I don't know, his third or fourth foul at this point, you're like, ah right. oh, shit, whatever. And what does he do? Fucking blocks yeah. it. Swats that shit. Swats it. Then we come down the other end, Phil Booth, triple, bang. Game. That was that was the game. Yeah. That was literally the game. It, it, look, Jermaine Samuels had a phenomenal game. He had 16 rebounds. I think he had three blocks or something like that. Yeah. He's been on, on fire. And yeah, so he had... He's on fire for someone who's not shooting the ball. <laughs> he, he, yes. Yeah. Yes. He's on defensive fire, I guess. Yeah. As, yeah. as much as we can get that. Whatever that means. Whatever that means, yeah. Look, he's playing out of position. He's playing the five. He's playing it with passion. And yes, he absolutely gets the Shaq Fit Man Play of the Week this yes. week. Yes. Sure. And he also had one at DePaul, big, big-time block, again in a critical moment in that game. Guy went right up, challenged him right by the rim, yeah. and he swatted that shit away. Not in my house. He's not, look, he's not the biggest guy, obviously, for playing the five, but he makes up for it with his athleticism, and the positioning's definitely getting better. So he, it seems like he kind of makes one or two of these plays a game where you're like, all right, Jermaine, yeah. all right, like, yeah. I like that. And as a result, Jay rewarded him for giving him spot at the post-game press conference, obviously with Colin today, which is always a big honor, and it's like definitely a good ego boost. Yes. Ego boost for him, for sure. Absolutely. And it shows Jay how much Jay values bringing that. Because Jay knows now, at this point, he's got Phil, who had an off game and still in 14. Yeah, super, like, quietest 14 ever. <laughs> yeah. Pascal was like another man game by Pascal. Yes. 25 points or so, yeah. whatever. Unreal. Right, and then and then Colin with thirty. Jay knows he's gonna get points. Yeah, right. Not from Cremo, <laughs> but from Quinterly. Yeah. When things are quiet, yeah. who do you go to off the bench? Javon Quinterly. <laughs> Duh. Sweet but Javon. in all seriousness, Jermaine, Jay rewards Jermaine's effort and intangibles and everything that he's bringing to the unit. And I think Jermaine's here to stay. And I have a prediction. Mm. I don't know if it's going to be next year or the year after. It's not this year, obviously. But I don't know if it's going to be next year or the year after. But sooner or later, 
Jermaine is going to absolutely explode. And all of a sudden, it's all going to click for him. And he is going to be one of the best players in the Big East. That is a really hot take. The only way it's going to happen is if he starts actually shooting the fucking ball. Like, that's great. He plays great defense. But unless you're scoring, you're never going to get into that upper echelon. I I totally agree. 100% I agree. And at at some point in time, the confidence is going to come around. And all of a sudden, the guy's just going to hit fire. I still don't understand where it's gone. Like, Jay must have given him the red light think for about, some reason. Think about, no, think about Dante Cunningham. Dante was, like, a nice player's freshman year. Like, definitely ahead of Jermaine. Yeah. Yeah, freshman yeah, year. Freshman year, for but sure. Like, yeah, yeah. But, like, Dante was also, like, kind of, like, a nice player his sophomore year. Yeah. Like, a much a much more key component into yeah. junior year, etc. And then senior year, explosion, and all of a sudden became the 33rd pick in the draft and has been a... 10-year player in the NBA. I was going to say, for all the heart monitors we do, we always joke about skipping over Kyle because Kyle's like an all-star. Yeah, Dante has literally been in the NBA for 10 years, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think about. Here's another guy who is a three-star recruit coming out of high school, basically unheralded. Right. And somehow played his way into the draft and has played his way into a 10-year NBA career. Yeah. Anyway. Silver Spring, Maryland. That's Probably right. the greatest place for Villanova basketball players to come from. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Phil Booth, I think, too. I don't think he's from Silver Spring, but he's definitely he's from, from, he's from the area. He's from the area. Dwayne Anderson's from Silver Spring, right? I don't think so. Oh, he's from that area, too. He's from he's from Maryland. You're just lumping all of Maryland. They're all from the same area as far as, in Maryland. As far as Chris the is concerned. general D.C. area, Dwayne Anderson, Josh Hart, Sadiq Bay, um, Phil Booth. Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah. As far as you're concerned, Maryland is only Silver Spring, Maryland. <laughs> yes. You're like, oh, they're from Maryland. Must be Silver Spring. <laughs> See, literally the only place you know. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, D.C. and Silver Spring. That's yeah, it. Yeah, That's and, then, and then there's Baltimore. No, there's Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but nobody's from Baltimore. No one's Silver from Baltimore. Spring. All of our players are from Silver Spring, Maryland. <laughs> Turns out they just breed basketball players in Silver Spring. <laughs> They're great. I love it. Give me more. Silver Spring. Alan, no. Alan Ray, also from Silver Spring. <laughs> <laughs> no, Paul Arison was also from Silver Spring. Yeah. Good God. Oh, man. All right. Steve I, Lapis, also from Silver Spring. No, no, no. Definitely not. Steve Lapis from wherever Dominic Chi came from. <laughs> um, oh, God. All right. So yep. that, that was um, so that was the week. That was the week. The Georgetown game. Anything Georgetown oh, sucks. Wait, one more thing before we go because we haven't done it. A little shout out to our favorite because we haven't given it enough love. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Let's give. Let's give. Frankly, if you looked, we after, deserve. He deserves more love. He actually deserves more love, especially after the DePaul game, when he had sixteen and eleven, and was just drilling threes. And that was just assists and rebounds. He also had like 46 <laughs> points. Obviously, he had 46 points, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We actually played just four men because we're like, oh, we have Sadiq. That's like a man advantage, so <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, in all seriousness, Sadiq had a terrific game against DePaul, was showing off that shooting stroke. He did not show that off today against no. Georgetown. Nope. I think he just straight up airballed the first one he took. And I'm always kind of like, you know, frankly, I feel like Sadiq's getting a little bit lucky on his shot right now. It's not the prettiest shot. You see him at the free throw line. It's not great. But he shoots it confidently. <laughs> he does. It doesn't go in at the free throw line all that much. But anyway. This team is not a typical Jay Wright three point, uh, free throw shooting team. Yeah. It's true. It's true. But anyway, look. We do want to give a little shout out to Sadiq. 
a great week against Paul. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Um, we're looking for big things against Marquette. It's going to be a tough matchup with the against the Housers and such, so it should be a challenge for him. But we'll get to that in uh, in just a few minutes. So right. anyway, shout out to Sadiq. Should we take it to commercial? Yeah. Perfect. We'll be back in a minute. This is how we make our money. Hello, everyone. It's Chris from the Full Forty with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Nova Insider. Just want to give a special shout out to our official podcast partner, which is Nova Insider. Check out their website, NovaInsider1985.com. They got some awesome gear. Also, look out. We're going to do a special collaboration with them for a Full 40 podcast t-shirt brought to you by Nova Insider. Look out for them. They got a lot of awesome stuff coming down the pike in the very near future. Stay tuned. It's going to be exciting. And as always, let's go Nova. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Colin Gillespie. Obviously. Yeah. He's the one who pays the bills, so, let's be honest. So we mentioned it earlier. <laughs> we make as much money from Colin as we do from Nova Insider, so. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, He's our new partner. That's right. Colin Gillespie, new partner. Unofficial partner. He doesn't know it yet. Yeah. But he is. Yeah. We are, so we went down to the game today. We did. Yep. And so I'm told. Yeah, thought we would <laughs> thought we would talk a little bit about that experience. Might as well. Left from New York, made great time. We did. Got down, went to the bar, zipped on in. Zipped on in. Had some <laughs> chicken and peach fries. Oh. Which disgusting. Yep. Rob has a hot take on this. Uh, yeah. Rob hates chicken and peach so, crab so, fries. And let me preface this. Let me preface this by this. I enjoy french fries as much as the next guy. So it's not like I don't like French fries, right? I just don't get the chicken peats thing. The whole chicken peats crab fries thing is a whole load of bullshit. So my wife loves these fries. She's like, oh my god, you gotta, you gotta get these crab fries. Whatever. I had a whole bucket. You had a whole bucket of them. With, Our friend Rob with, had a whole bucket of these. Yeah, we, we, Rob and I split a bucket. They're terrible. And I keep trying them. And today I was like, you know what? I'll come in with an open mind. I'll try some chicken and Pete's fries. Oh, you sound like you came in with an open mind. I, you know what? Uh, I always have an open mind. I said, I'll give it another try. I got the fries. These fries have no structure. All they taste like is fucking Old Bay seasoning. You can just call them yeah. Old Bay fries. Yeah. But that's it's literally just like dumping Old, Old Bay, Bay tastes, in your mouth. Old Bay tastes fucking good. All right, why don't you just go eat a spoonful of Old Bay then? Old Bay look, is good. No structure. It literally just tastes like Old Bay. And it's delicious cheese sauce. Relative to all the other French fries I've had in my life, these are like in the bottom third of them. They There's like, there's no potato in them. There's no there is weird... There's clearly potato in them. Yeah, I can't taste any of the potato in it. Like, I have Wendy's fries. I've got McDonald's fries. I've got Shake Shack fries. I've Shake got Shack Five fries Guys good, fries. McDonald's fries. Literally any fries you name. My mom used to pull out fucking frozen fries and like uncooked them in a microwave, and they were better than the fries I had today. Horrible. Anyway, so we had chicken pizza fries, which were terrible, then followed up. I had them. I enjoyed it. I ate all my cheese sauce. Which is another thing I don't understand. The cheese sauce tastes like garbage, but whatever. No, it does not. And then I had their chicken. Rob is wrong on this. I had their chicken fingers as well. Also terrible. Yeah. So Rob Rob clearly. I literally threw out half of my chicken fingers. Clearly enjoyed his food. It was disgusting. Yep. Waste of Twenty dollars. All right, so then we get to our we get, we leave that bar area yeah. where you can get in early. I like that they have that. You can mm-hmm. go into that little bar area and then and then head out over to your seats. We did feel very civilized. We walked by the students who were tailgating. Yes, I was a little bit envious, but then I was like, eh, I'm kind of warm. It can be inside. We're gonna do that. Yes. So we did that. Yeah, and we have we actually have an income, so we can go and afford to pay for drinks. Amen. Yeah. So 
we enter the arena and we catch the Jalen Brunson ceremony. It was a special ceremony to honor Jalen Brunson. Um, what we learned is that Jalen wanted to have a senior day and never had one last year. Yeah. And so he said he made the arrangements knowing that he would have an extended time off to come back to campus and with his family did the whole senior day thing. Yeah. Um, with his, you know, jersey, the number one jersey in the uh, in the frame and the picture and the whole nine yards, and then he sat courtside for the game, which was very nice. It's nice that Quinterly lent him his jersey <laughs> to to get hung up. <laughs> well, he didn't really need it because he wasn't going to sweat it up. Oh, yeah, because yeah. oh, oh, not God. like Jay's going to play. Jay probably took the Quinterly jersey <laughs> yeah, from like, the rib. Like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking play. He probably play forgot with. about. It. He's like, Yo, yo Javon, can I borrow this for a hot minute? <laughs> Oh my god! But no, no, no. In all seriousness, so so the story is basically that Jalen knew last year he wasn't going to be here for his senior year, and but at the same time he didn't want to distract and take away from the guys who were actually seniors on the team, which is just unreal, especially for a guy who has no emotion to like show some sensitivity from Jalen the robot Brunson. Um, it was a super cool moment, and it was. Super neat to see him sitting courtside. There were a couple inbounds plays where Phil was taking Phil was inbounding the ball literally right next to Jalen. And I think the game was pretty close at that point. Jalen's probably like, dude, like step the fuck up, man. It's Georgetown. They stink. <laughs> they suck. Georgetown sucks. <laughs> like, finish fuck, this off. Fuck Georgetown. Um, but it was it, in all sincerity, it was a really cool moment. I, I actually wish they would have done it at halftime. They did it before the yeah. game. If they'd done it at halftime, it would have been better. But I get they wanted to make it more like a senior day and you do it beforehand. And there the was just like just... nobody in the stands. They at didn't that do point. a good job announcing it. No. Because was... I didn't know about this until I looked on Twitter. Yeah. After we had gotten to the stadium. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't do it during halftime because I thought if they made like at the four under four, if they made the announcement to be like, "Hey, yeah, stay in your seats." For a little bit, when we go to halftime for a special ceremony honoring Jalen Brunson, for sure, that would be very nice. The only thing is, is maybe Jay couldn't have participated if that was the case. That's true. That's a fair point, actually. But anyway, it was it was a nice way to start the day off. We we made sure we made a point to see it, and we stepped in. And we said, "Yeah, it's cool. Check it yeah. out." Yeah, it was it was really nice, and it was good to, to we did that. Um, and then we proceeded to our private box. Yeah, we went to the club yeah. box. Which no, it was, a, it was a private box that we had reserved just yeah. for us, obviously, because that's right. how we roll. Right. No, it, it was a club box. Look, it was a club box. It was with the open tickets. That was the tickets that we were able to get. The tickets were face value. They were cheaper than the 200 level. We paid $65 for this club box experience. They were great seats. Yeah. We were a little bit on the corner, but uh-huh. it was elevated enough. Great view. You got a semi-private bar in there. You got a little bartender. Service is super quick. Seats are great. We did have some Georgetown fans in our box, which I yeah, will say. one kid who was just like watching Fortnite on Twitch. <laughs> yeah. And then one dude in some stupid Iverson jersey. And I wanted to be like, dude, like, man, like, I'm sorry, but that time is over. The, the glory days were a long time ago for you guys. Yeah. But all, all in all, it was like, it was a pretty good experience in the box. I will, anytime anybody gives me a box seat. For any of our listeners out there, if you're looking to dump your box seats, you just want to give them to us. Just let us know. Yeah, just let us know. We'll happily pay face value as well. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, our, we're willing to pay about 105 percent of market. So look, being in a club box, you got there's a little bit different level of decorum that it requires. But I still think that we were probably the loudest fans in the entire fucking arena. It was terrible again. Yeah, absolutely terrible. And by the way, 
I used to have complaints about the way Villanova used to host games because yeah. I thought that Villanova got in its own way in terms of pumping the crowd up. Yeah. Okay? Because when they used to do is they always fuck up the music. They would never play exciting music yeah. and all that other stuff. Then they went through an era where they were trying to do a little bit more, but DJ 007 never was instructed to stop saying I love my job. <laughs> and like, and like it was just job. so freaking distracting and annoying. And then they would have glimpses of hope when they go yeah. to the guy, the professor guy with the beard and the hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and but, I don't think he's a professor. I think he's just a random guy. No, no, no. He works at the school. No. Are you serious? I'm almost certain that he works in the school. Wow. Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. I don't believe you, but I did not know that, if that's true. I'm almost certain. Okay. So they had glimpses of doing that, but they never got it. Now, they get it. I, I was joking around at the beginning of the podcast playing Turbulence. But yeah, like, th- there was a reason for that, by yeah, the way. Yeah, the reason for that was because as the game's about to get going, right, they do this cool thing now with the students do this thing where they grab each other and rock back and forth, and it actually looks really cool to the eye. It does look pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. And then after that happens, it plays, he, uh, 007 plays some, like, Good music, some pump-up music, and then they go to turbulence right before tip-off. Yeah. And, like, so right before tip-off, like, all the students are jumping, and it's like, bah, bah, and you're supposed to stand up, and everyone's standing up. Everybody did stand up. And it's like, okay, all the makings of this being, like, a a, a cool, fun college basketball atmosphere are there, and then the first made basket goes down, everyone sits, and it's like, okay, now I'm going to do very, (laughs) very exciting. I, I will say this. I was a little bit guilty of this, too. Like, I love to hate on the Villanova fans, as we have done many times before that said i was a little sleepy today too the early start time for you and i to get I down mean, there yeah a noon on sunday is is tough it's tough absolutely like but, saturday get a little bit more of that atmosphere but like we gotta stop making excuses i know it's true, like, it's true it's just like it's just i give a lot of crap to the students i give more crap to certain alumni right but i give a lot of crap to the students too like i'm sorry students but you're at college for four years right yeah, the student section wasn't very good either yeah i mean it was Three quarters filled but yeah, between there, the two. There was there was basically no cheering. There were like no let's go Nova no chance no the cheering. whole time. The, stu- the student has this, this new thing called donation. And I'm not sure I'm getting why they had to blow everything up and create this thing called donation. I, I think I, I see what they're trying to do here. They're trying to do like a new fan group and like make it exciting. But they kind of need to detach it from the school a little bit. It's too attached in my opinion to the athletic department. So it comes across as too much of an arm of the university yeah. as opposed to mm. like a more um, authentic experience, a- authentic generator of experience. Where Kansas, when we were there, and I'm like, look, I'm not saying that we have to be Kansas, but it would be nice to be serviceable. Yeah. Right? Like, when we were in Kansas, those fans knew what to do, and yet it didn't seem like there was any particular, like, like official athletic thing that they were doing that like drove that what they what like their traditions were. They just knew the traditions and they went about them about doing them. Yeah, it's a fair point. It, look, I, I will say there was there was one cheer that the student section tried out um, today, which was pretty exciting. It was a new cheer I hadn't heard before. I think it was something like "Let's go Nova." I hadn't heard that one before. It was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. So um so yeah, I never so heard kudos, that one. Kudos to the students for yeah. trying that one out. But yeah. also it's also necessary. Look, I don't need I don't need our students or alum to know a ton of different cheers. I just want them to be more engaged. Everybody, look, the thousand people who have listened to this, it's on you. Let's make a change. Let's make a difference. Let's get people hyped up. 
We'll do our part. You guys do your part. We'll spread the word. Let's get it changed. I like it. Yeah, it's done. All right. So, like, anything else from our, our Nova experience? Oh, little cheesesteak. Yeah, went to Pat's Cheesesteaks yeah. after the game. Pat's is delicious. Gino's is not. I don't like Gino's. Gino's nobody, sucks. Nobody likes Gino's. Yo, somebody, yo, I don't know who it is. Somebody tweeted us that Gino's is better. Just stop. Yeah, no, Just you're straight r- up stop. You're wrong. Like, Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please don't stop listening to the podcast just because of that opinion. Absolutely. And that we disagree with it, but but like you're wrong. Your your opinion is incorrect. Correct. Yes. It's it's ridiculous. Right. I don't know like who started this whole like Pat's genus thing. Whoever came up with the rivalry is like an absolute joke. It's I think like, Pat's came, I think Pat's came up with the the rivalry. Maybe they did, just like promote it. It's kind of like us versus like St. Joe's. It's like, oh St. Joe's is a rival, that's cute. No no no. St. Joe's isn't really a rival. We happen to play them each year, but we just beat the hell out of them. And that's basically what Pat's does when it comes to food compared to Gino's. Just yeah. beat the hell out of them. That's right. Yeah. I agree with that. And, like, here's the other thing that bothers me a little bit. Like, I, so I lived in Conchi. You know this, but yeah, yeah. I lived in Conchi for four Wait, years. did you really? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Shocker. I, yeah, I, I know you thought I lived in New York, but... Um, it seems like it. So four years at Nova, four years in Conchi. I like a good... I like shitty food. I like to eat... Junk food. Indeed. Okay, I've, I'm no stranger to a cheesesteak. I've eaten at cheesesteaks at Tony Luke's, D'Alessandro's, um, Ishka Bibbles, Jim's. Rob's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All over Philadelphia. Prin- uh, Steve's, Prince of Steaks in, in <laughs> the Northeast. I've eaten a lot of different cheesesteaks. You're just naming names. You're yeah. just literally naming I've eaten John's Rose Pork Cheesesteak, etc. Travis is Reed's. Pat's, is Pat's the greatest cheesesteak I've ever had? No, but the attitude that some Philly people have, it's just some tourist trap that has shitty cheesesteaks in the whole nine yards, is, is wrong. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Pat's cheesesteak cheese holds up. It is a good product. It is delicious, okay? I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's the best, but it's pretty damn good. It's pretty good. All right. Yeah. So we, we stopped over there. We had some. We gave some instructions to this dude from Montana. Yeah. Who was there? He was like, hey, how do you We're like, oh, here's how I do it. Just say whiz wit. Dude behind us in line, also a Villanova Almost fan. Almost got kicked to the back of the line. Absolutely should have gotten kicked to the back of the line. He comes up, he's like... If the line was long, he would have gotten kicked to the he, back. he comes up, he's like, I'll have uh, four cheesesteaks with, um, with some American cheese. I was like, good God, sir. Like... You've clearly been here before because, like, you've got a Villanova shirt on. I'm sure you've made this trek before. Just try a little bit. Right. There's literally a board of instructions right here. Right. Like, pretend you're trying. Right. Just, like, a smidge and a half. Right. No effort whatsoever. None. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe they kicked them out. So I got some fries, got some birch beer, and then headed back home. Made That's a great it. time back home, and here we are, back in New York. That's right. The Super Bowl already started. Absolutely started. Hopefully Tom Brady is getting buried. I, I don't even give a shit about this fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't right. care. It's basketball season. It is. Yeah. It is. Speaking of basketball season, should we talk a little bit about, um, should we do Heart Monitor or do you want to do Marquette Week? Um, let's just go into Marquette because okay. we're, we're already at, like, we don't have a lot of more time left in the pod. That's crazy. So let's, just hit, let's just hit Marquette. Our fans are probably bored. Let's do some Marquette Week. Yeah. It's Marquette Week, guys. It is Straight up, this is the biggest game. Litmus test. Litmus test, absolutely. This is a top 15 matchup. We're number 14 this week. We we did the math earlier. We're probably going to be number 14, maybe up to number 13 this week, but probably about the same. No higher than 12. Absolutely. We're not, we're not cracking top 10. Marquette's probably going to be about the same spot they were last week as well. Yep. So, again, this is a top 15 matchup. 
Marquette is a straight-up good team. We are playing at their new home in the five-serve arena, and they're going to be ready. Look, they've won eight in a row. They're 14-0 at home, 19-3 and overall. They have wins over Wisconsin, which looks better and better um, as this whole entire season has gone on. They lost at Indiana. They got blown out at Indiana, but Kinda that weird. was when Indiana was playing good, although they Indiana did. just beat Michigan State. Indiana sucks, though. Played a tight game versus Kansas, and what that was their one of their other losses. They beat Louisville, which looks really good now. Yeah. Uh, and then, they, as I said, they beat Wisconsin, and they beat Buffalo pretty good, and they beat Kansas State really good. So they actually have a really good season so far, and then other than, other than when St. John's was looking excellent, Putting a beat down, they haven't lost since. I mean, they've and they played some tight games, so they've had some squeakers, um, a couple overtime games in there. But by and large, they've been they've been awesome. And they, as of late, they've been they've been good. Look, what do you need? What do you need to know about Marquette? Marquette has this weird obsession with how Marcus Howard, Joey Hauser, whatever the hell the other Hauser's name is, and Steve Wojciechowski. So the how syllable. Rings true for Marquette. Marcus Howard is the guy. He's scoring 25 points a game. He can score from anywhere. He's basically the Steph Curry of college basketball. The dude is, you, you, can't, you can't stop him. You just hope to contain him. Yeah. Like He's going to get his points. He's going to score 20-plus against you. Oh, yeah. You just hope to limit the rest of the team. Marcus Howard gets buckets. Absolutely. Dude's a bucket getter. Dude can shoot. He can score at all three levels. Yes. Joe, Joe Cremo taught him how to shoot. That's right. And he took it to heart. He does not stop scoring. That's right. That's but no, right. in all sincerity, Mark Howard's the guy. Look, he's going to score. You just hope to limit it, yeah. and you deal with it, right? right? The Hauser brothers, it's kind of weird. They've got two brothers on the team, both Hausers, both key contributors to them. Yes. They play inside, they play outside. Like It's going to be a tough matchup for us, for sure, against those guys. So the, the question in my mind is really not what Mark Howard... They also have Steve Schwetty. Steve Schwetty, they do. We'll Steve Schwetty, we'll, we'll, we'll get to Schwetty in a minute. But in my mind, it's really not what Howard does. It's a, unless Howard goes off for fifty-three, which, good God, he's actually done before, which is terrifying. But what you can do to the to the Housers, right? If you can limit them, you've got a very good shot. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we can play with them, but like any eventuality in this game wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't shock me if we go in and beat them there. Wouldn't blow my mind. Yeah, it is going to be. A wild arena because they always show out. Yeah. Those fans always show out for our for our game versus. Well, them. I mean, it's the middle of winter in Wisconsin. What else are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. You're so, probably like, oh god. So I guess they, there's something to do. They always show out. Two thirty Saturday afternoon game on oh, Fox. It's a Saturday too. Yeah, Oof. it's gonna be the students are gonna be nice and liquored up. It's gonna be it's gonna be wild in there, and Wojciechowski is gonna sweat through like seven shirts. Probably sure. Yeah. He's gonna be. His eyes are gonna pop out of his head. They always do. Dude's gonna be bugging, and it's gonna be wild. Here's but the question: It's this is an important game. Like, like I, I don't care if we lose this game. I just don't want to get blown out. I don't want to get like five years ago creightened in this yeah. game because that to me would spell like, okay, shit, we have way more work than I thought we did right. with this team. If we play them tight and happen to lose that game. So be it. Right. As long as we come back and we get revenge at the end of at the end of February when we play them at the Pavilion, which is awesome. That's an awesome game. Yeah. If you have a chance, the tickets are probably like through the roof. If you have a chance to go to that game, 
Marquette Villanova at the Pavilion. That's going to be something else. Oh, that's going to be wild. Like, uh, just phenomenal. Better than any of the Wells Fargo games, for sure. But yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. I'm with you. If we get blown out, then it's going to be kind of like, oh shit, like, are we back at Michigan? Like, we beat up on all these kind of mediocre teams. Like, we're not actually that good. If we play close, we lose, fine, it happens. And you move on from it. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of curious. Do you think Dante's going to be there? I'll have to look at the Bucks schedule. But I, I think so. Actually, our, a friend of the pod, Sarah, is also going to be there. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh. So, shouts to, uh, shout to our friend of the pod, Sarah. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. I didn't know that she was going to be there. Yeah, no, she's cool. going to go. All right. Uh, it awesome. should be exciting. Super uh, jealous. Ken Palm is predicting an eight-point victory at home over Creighton. Um, and oh, for is, us, yeah. Yeah, for us. And then is predicting a two-point loss to Marquette. Could go uh, either way. Next Saturday. Two points within the margin of error. Yeah. Yeah. Creighton, Creighton should be a win. We're not going to bother talking about it. We beat them away. We'll beat them at home. No, no issue there. So They've like, kind of fallen apart. So like, so, like, look, we got nine games left on the schedule. So, yeah, Creighton and Marquette this week, we'll say one and one. Fuck it. Go 2 0. I'm saying one and one. 2 0. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because there are no repercussions. I'm saying 2 0. Yeah. Then you got a home game versus Providence, which we should win the following. And then, and then you have. We have a, a, a an away stand at St. John's, at Georgetown, at Xavier, of which we should win two out of three. We should win three of three. Those teams well, are terrible. Yeah, but at least— Georgetown sucks. Xavier sucks. St. John's, is, the wheels have fallen off. The St. John's. Chris Mullen is the fire festival of coaches. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. St. John's, I was watching a quick note on this. I was watching the St. John's-Duke game yesterday, and probably the first, like, ten minutes, I was like, oh, this is great. St. John's is playing them tough. A couple bad calls or whatever. Man. They fell apart. They lost by 30. They got absolutely spanked. This team has nothing. Yeah. There is absolutely nothing. This team is not going dancing. They're done. Stick a fork in them. All right. You heard it here. You heard it here first. That's right. Probably not, but whatever. Then you got Marquette, Butler, and then at Seton Hall to round out the season. This is like we're marching down to the finish line here. It's crazy that we're already here. We're already here. And, I mean, if you look at the schedule, at this point, we're 9-0 in the Big East. I'm figuring I don't think we get more than three losses because I think we'll lose. Ken Palm is predicting 15-3 and three in the Big East. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, that's what I would say, too. I think we'll lose at least one of the two against Marquette because we still have to play him at home as well. And then I think there's a chance for, you know, one or two other fluke losses in there. So three losses at the end of the Big East, yeah, that seems reasonable to me. 15-3. and three. Which would push us out to twenty four and seven. It's not bad. And then you roll the dice in the Big East tournament. Yeah, twenty five and seven. So you go one. And, let's say you go one and one. Twenty five and eight. Yeah. Twenty five and eight. I'll take that. What's that? Four Is that seed. Four seed. Probably. Seems like a four. Yeah. Or five. Yeah. Yeah. Four. Probably four. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take it. I'm looking for a three or a, or a six seed. Either either lose and get down to it and get knocked yeah. back to a six. Or get a three. I'm saying, look, we beat Marquette this week, and then make a little bit of a run and end it with two losses in the Big East. You're probably win three the seed. Big East tournament. You're a three seed. I don't even. Yeah, you win the Big East tournament. You're definitely a three seed. I don't even think you need to. I think if you finish the Big East season with two losses, and then go, say you want one and one in the Big East with wins against with a win against Marquette, you could probably be a three seed. College basketball is not that great this year. After those first six teams, kind of crapshoot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're not wrong. Yeah. All right, so thanks for listening. I don't think we had anything else to cover. It's not a crazy week. It no. wasn't. It wasn't. It no, was kind I mean, of a we slow played, week. We played the two, as I said, statistically the two worst Ken Palm teams in the league. Dave Lato stinks. Patrick Ewing stinks. 
Patrick Ewing's not a bad coach. He stinks. Georgetown's going to be relevant soon. They're not there yet. Yeah, in, the, ne- in the next decade or so. <laughs> then, again, but, then again, DePaul would love to be relevant in the next decade or so. Yeah, right. That'd be an upsell. They'd buy. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll buy on that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, to the full 40 with Chris and Rob, brought to you by Colin Gillespie and Nova Insider. Yeah, more Colin Gillespie, uh, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Uh, we'll be back next week yeah. um, with, with a new fresh pod. It should be a more exciting pod because yeah. we're going to know. We're going to learn a lot more about this team Absolutely. next week. We're kind of now in the – I think we've learned as much as we're going to learn up until the Marquette game. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So that's where we are. So we'll see you after the Marquette game. Thanks for listening. And as always, let's, let's go, go Nova. Nova.